Okay, why did the husband stop doing the flamingo impression that his wife loved for him to do? What? He just got tired of it and had to put his foot down. Get it? Get it? Did you just come up with that? No, no, I heard it somewhere. Oh my gosh. I was like, wow, that's really good. Okay, how's that How's that for an intro? That's a good intro. Hi, now, everybody. For people watch, listening to this for the first time, they're like, what is they're this? They're going to be like, oh my God, this is so funny. Uh, I don't know if subscribe, that's like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Newly Meds. We are your favorite Newly Meds. Actually, we're not really newly weds anymore, are we? You can't. Don't say that. We got to keep. It, it's we have to keep the. We got the. We have the name. We're newly. We're newly. What? Come on. Yeah. It's like we are married. A little over a year now. January 9th, twenty twenty two. That's still new. And it's March twenty twenty three. Yeah. So a little bit over a year. That's still new. Yeah. 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 It counts. Right. Uh, today we're talking about inpatient versus outpatient nursing because my big thing on instagram and tiktok if you don't follow me you should be my instagram's at naturally underscore heather and then my tiktok is at that nurse heather all one word um so anyways if you don't follow me already on those platforms go over there and do that um because i talk a lot about my experience being an inpatient nurse and why i left the bedside and started doing outpatient nursing right? and how my life is so much better now. Yeah. You, you switched through a couple different yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I'm talking just like speaking from my experience to help guide younger nurses or newer nurses who are figuring things out. And I feel like you just learn a lot through experience in working in different settings. And I think I just have some valuable knowledge. I feel like for people that are, curious about different opportunities for nurses yeah and i'll try to give my perspective on what it's like to be the partner of someone working those different fields different hours different kinds of jobs um yeah because quinn has been there with me through everything we yeah. I mean, we started dating in high school so we've been dating through college when i was in nursing school and then of course through my first job second job now my third job so right uh, I'll share which schedule experience. is my favorite. Yeah. So we're going to be talking today about, you know, different specialties, um, what I think about new grads starting an outpatient, how to move outpatient, what kind of jobs there are um, in outpatient, remote, travel nursing, that type of thing, different hours scheduling, and then also benefits like PTO, um, you know, uh, 401k, what else? insurance that type of thing and also pay do you get a pay cut when you leave the bedside right so let's dive in all right what did you start out in so my first year um in nursing i started working at the bedside um in med surge so i worked in a med surge floor uh in new york city at a magnet hospital and i started on days and my orientation was 10 weeks the hospital that I was working at was um, all new grad nurses did a nurse residency program. And a lot of a question that I had when I was in nursing school was like, oh, do you have to do the nurse residency program if they offer it? And if it's a large magnet hospital, they usually don't really give you an option. It's like you're just automatically put into 
the nurse residency program if you are a new grad, if that's your first nursing job. So I just wanted that is, I think, helpful and clarifying to student nurses to know, like usually if a hospital has a nurse residency program, it's not like an optional thing. It's just like something all the new grads do. And it's usually a year long program that um, is run by an organization called Vizient. V-I-Z-I-E-N-T, if you want to look that up or whatever, which is just like the governing body um, of like nurse residency programs, I guess. And essentially you take classes and you have a preceptor that you work, you know, you have a longer orientation like a tip than like a typical orientation. Like my orientation was 10 weeks. So I was with my preceptor for the first 10 weeks. Um, and then you do like additional trainings and classes to freshen up your skills and to just make sure every one of the new grads is like on the same page of the standards that the hospital expects them to do things. So like an example of that would be like how to dress a central line and how to put in an NG tube and, right. um, you know, do like fully care. Yeah. Like yeah. all the like essential nursing skills. Uh, they just want everyone to get like a little refresher course because obviously when you go to nursing school, like nursing schools vary, even though we have like the same standards that we have to, they have to teach. And, you know, we have a lot of the similar tests like the HESI and obviously the NCLEX. But different schools have different ways of teaching things. Um, so it's just basically the hospital's way of standardizing all the new grads that come in. So I hope that, clears, that cl- clarifies that question if anyone's wondering that. And now when you started, you know, as a, uh, you know, just coming out of nursing school, do you feel like you had a really steep learning curve? Did you feel like you had been well prepared for it? What was your experience when you first started med surge and you started like working your first job? Yeah, I'm going to back up a little bit and say why I chose med surge and then I'll okay. answer that question. Uh, because a lot of que- people have, you know, questions about how how do you even pick a specialty? Like so you say you know, want to go into nursing. And actually, when I was in nursing school, I wanted to do labor and delivery. And then and I really loved my labor and delivery rotation. But when I was thinking about the long term projector uh, um, trajectory of my career, I wanted to have a broader understanding of medicine, and I thought doing just L&D for myself was a little myopic and didn't really take into consideration the skills and the knowledge that I wanted to have as someone wanting to go back to school to be like a family nurse practitioner. I felt like having an internal medicine background would be more useful for what I wanted to do. So that's actually why I steered more to med surge. And then honestly, I just chose med surge because it was the largest percentage of my clinical rotations in nursing school. The way that my nursing school did rotations, I think, was a little unfair because we didn't get to choose. Like, they assigned us to random floors. And a lot of people had variety. Like, some people got critical care, like, rotations, and, like, I never had a critical care rotation. Yeah, which is weird to do it that way. So I'm like, I feel like that's not fair. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And then my preceptorship, which is, like, in the last semester of my nursing school, by the way, like I went to a, a traditional BSN program, if anyone's, you know, wondering timeline wise. So my last semester, uh, we have a 240 hour preceptorship where you basically follow a nurse on her schedule. So you're working her 12 hour shifts with her and you're doing everything for her while she watches you or like whatever you're allowed to do under the guidelines. Um, and that was in med surge as well at a VA hospital. 
So like I just had the most experience with med surge. And since we were moving from Florida to New York and I knew that we were going to go through a lot of adjustments moving here, I didn't want to choose something completely out of my um, yeah. wheelhouse. You'd like, have to relearn. Everything. Yeah. Like yeah. it would be really scary for me to also be in a new city and adjusting to all these things and then go into like critical care. Yeah. Because that would be like a whole new learning curve when a lot of my experience was in med search. So I was already very comfortable with a lot of the med search things and expectations. Um, and then to answer your question right. about the learning curve, I felt like that was the hardest thing for me um, starting out, in, especially in a new hospital that I did my training in, you know, obviously training in Florida and then coming here. A lot of the tools um, that we had available were different. So, like, for example, we would, you know, in Florida, the phones they had were like old Motorola phones that like, you know, you'd get calls from doctors on or whatever. And here they had iPhones and they would actually use the phones to scan the medications and to scan the IV pumps to like administer meds. And I was like, what? Like, whoa. And they would all be like, oh, my gosh, what are you talking about? Like, this is so like, this is just like everyday technology. Yeah. And I think they were kind of judgy that I had like not had experience with it first. Um, And then the learning curve also was like the social aspect of me moving here because the personalities in New York are very different than the personalities in North Central Florida, which is like the deep South almost. And um, I was just trying to like understand that although people were being direct with me, it wasn't because... They didn't like me, right? <laughs> and they wasn't weren't super smiley and happy towards me. It didn't mean that they weren't, you know, they they it's didn't like me. It was just it was just like New Yorker personality. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I remember feeling a little insecure because I I wasn't sure how to work the um the phones system that we used, even though it was still Epic. Like it was just new to me to use a phone to like scan stuff and you know that type of thing. Um. And the learning curve, like they're just. A lot of people don't realize when they're in nursing school that policies can vary widely in between uh, between hospital to hospital. And so, like, if you go to one hospital, they might have a certain policy of for I'm just going to use blood exa- uh, blood administration, for example. And you go to a different hospital and they might have a completely different policy as to, like, you know, how many signatures you need and when, right. how long you need the type and screen for and like what size needle and what size gauge catheter you need to use to administer blood like that can vary so widely right uh between hospital to hospital so that was a big learning curve for me it was like things that i didn't really focus on in nursing school i really had to learn you know on the job here yeah there's there's um, like no way to teach that in school there's too. random things like okay for example i pull you know when you pull meds from the pixis or whatever med med machine you have um, like there are restricted medications that you can't, you know, keep in your, wow, your workstation on wheels or whatever. Uh, cause you have like little bins for, um, patient medications and like how you get medications will vary from hospital to hospital. Some, some like the night shift pharmacists, like literally bring it up and restock your patient bins. And then in other hospitals, that's like never even heard of. So it just like depends on where you go. So <clears throat> learning the policies, was a huge learning curve for me. I feel like nursing school prepared me sort of, um, but you really just learn everything clinically. Like, right. It's just completely different once you 
get out there and you're going to be thrown a thousand novel situations every single day and have having to like think on your feet and deal with them and prioritize different things. Like what I learned specifically in med surge was literally just how to prioritize because everyone is dying all at once and needs you all at once. So you really have to learn what the most important thing is to do right now. And and the only way to learn that is to go through it and have different situations where you have different things pressing on you. And now after working inpatient, when you first got out of nursing school, is inpatient the route that, you know, new nurses kind of have to go? Do you have to do inpatient first? Are there options for people? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on what you want to do with your career. Right. Right. Um, because I think inpatient, you're going to be exposed I want to like clarify inpatient versus outpatient by inpatient. I mean like working within a hospital system, working within a hospital, or if you're doing like, you know, an outpatient rehab center, but you're like, you know, you have a full schedule of patients and you're, you know, working 12 hour shifts at a a rehab center. Like I still consider that inpatient nursing too. Like you're, you're basically a floor nurse, right? You have five patients, you're giving them meds They're You're doing all the things for them. Um, so that would be considered like inpatient. I want to term like qualify that term. And then outpatient is just anything that's like a standalone office or a surgical center or something like that. Um, and a lot of people, I get a lot of questions on Instagram and TikTok as to like for new grads who are honestly scared to work in the hospital because they hear about how hard it is. And they're like, oh, but I don't know if I need experience before I work outpatient. And I've worked at two outpatient offices now and then also a concierge office. And I would say it just depends on your personality and right. like what you want to do and your skill set. And it, de- it depends on how desperate the place's hiring is, hmm. truthfully. What do you mean by that? Like how desperate they are for staffing. In, in what way? Do you think that... Like they have no staff and they need nurses. <laughs> but do you think that that would allow new nurses to get jobs easier? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because yeah. they're more willing to yeah. train someone. Yeah. They just okay. need bodies, honestly. So like when I worked in endoscopy, they were very lenient on taking new grads. Like they, they would just, they would literally take like anybody. Because they just Because needed they needed people. bodies. Yeah. yeah. They needed people to staff, staff their, their endoscopy center. And um, so they would, you know... They would take new grads. So, you know, it depends. You hear people say, oh, you know, you can never do this without having bedside experience. You can never do that. And I'm just like, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think the real world is so different than what you learn in nursing school. Yeah. And I think that's awful advice to, sh- to shut down any avenue. Um, I will say, so I'll finish like my story, right? So I worked in inpatient bedside med surge nurse for like one full year, finished my nurse residency and then got out and went um, to outpatient endoscopy. Um, And then I worked there for only like nine months. And then I left for an integrative job, integrative medicine It felt longer than nine months. It felt so long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when I worked bedside, uh, that was obviously three 12 hour shifts. And a lot of people don't tell you, I'm going to like dip my toes into scheduling right now. Um, a lot of people don't tell you that because you work three 12 hour shifts, it's only 36 hours and full time is 40 hours. Right. So hospitals will make up that difference by having you work an extra shift 
um, once per month. Right. So like you'll three weeks out of the month, you'll work three shifts. And then the fourth week out of the month, you'll have a week that you need to work four shifts. Right. Or I think they also some hospitals also do like a half shift thing where you have to work like a uh, half shift, like 12 to and, 7 and or something. didn't I don't the know. scheduling end up kind of blending? Oh like God, sometimes you would so work much. so close to the start of the next month. That was my problem. And then you would that, end up see, working that's another. That's what people don't understand is like when you, so this whole one week had to be four shifts really screwed everything up. Yeah. Because then you couldn't just plan. Oh, and this is the other caveat that people don't tell you when you're nursing school is that a lot of hospitals require you to work weekend days like for us we had to work half the weekend days in a month so like either you worked you know saturday and sunday twice a month or you worked every single saturday or every single sunday right and it that between that and the the four shift a week policy made it so hard to schedule yourself as yeah. nicely as everyone else portrayed bedside nursing to be. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you'd end up working like five shifts in one week I just to that. fit in all yeah. the things. And then I feel like a lot of people don't realize when you hear, oh, you work three days a week, like that sounds awesome, right? But when you're working a weekend, you know, it's nice to have days off in the middle of the week, but nothing's really happening. That like, was so that's hard when for other the people social work. life. Yeah, right. It was so like, now you work you're on a weekend, chilling, you lose that day. And yeah, but it. So you're chilling, and everyone else is at work. But then, like, you get to do things like go to doctor's visits and like you know yeah, take you, you know get to do your life stuff. Your life stuff. Right. Although I never really liked that because I worked when I was done with orientation, I went straight to night shift. So I was yeah, working nights yeah. for the rest of that, and my life was just miserable doing that because I could not switch myself back and forth um yeah so let's talk a little bit about schedules like what were your schedules like talk about your schedule during inpatient yeah when you moved to endoscopy so we just we covered the inpatient schedule right. you know the three shifts and then the fourth one um weekends and then holiday holidays i'll talk about holidays you had to work and every hospital is different on this it's just my experience i you had to work like mm, two of the four main holidays or like you know if you worked christmas eve you you could be off for christmas day and then you'd either have to work new year's eve or new year's day um and then easter and thanksgiving were like the flexible ones so it's like if you worked if you worked thanksgiving then you could be off easter or easter you could you know vice versa or Thanksgiving and Christmas were like you could you picked one or the other basically. Right. And how it worked was like the more most senior nurses got to pick which holidays they wanted off first and then the new newer nurses uh got the scraps basically, which also like I get I get that that benefits senior nurses, but that was not fun. Yeah. And and holidays, just hol vacation in general like the senior nurses got to pick their vacation days yeah. first and then everyone else just got the scraps and i feel like that ends up being this weird system of like rewards and punishments it's and it's all then, hierarchy it's just yeah. like not it's like a toxic environment kind of breeds resentment towards one another yeah and i just hated having to give my vacation time like a year in advance like they would right. literally want your dates for the entire so who, year who, know, who can and, plan like, that i can't i don't know what i like i'm i don't have anything together in my life like i'm like right. a little 21 year old fresh out of college like right. i don't i don't know what i'm going to be doing next week let alone 
four or six months from now, you right. know, now we plan vacation. Now we actually plan vacations, you know, with over a long period of time. But back then I was like, I well, don't know. Because now we're, you know, five, yeah. six years down the line. Yeah. And it like, it sucked working the 12s because if an emergency came up, you couldn't just leave work. You couldn't just leave your patients. Like right. that would screw. I mean, obviously, if you really needed to, I'm sure you could, but you would screw over every single other nurse working because right. someone would have to take one, like each of them would have to take one of your patients if you yeah. left, um, which it puts a lot of strain on the system. Um, so that was a scheduling like for inpatient nursing. When I worked in endoscopy, I worked four 10 hour shifts. So, um, and the hours were really early. So like when you work endoscopy or surgery, it's likely that your hours are going to start really early in the morning, which is either a pro or a con, depending on what type of person you are and right. how long your commute is. Right. Um, so people love working early. But my when I worked in pre-op or I guess you would they you would call it pre-procedure because it's it's not an operation. It's a, it's a procedure. procedure. So pre-procedure. Um, we would start, our start time was 6 a.m. and my commute was 45 minutes. So I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get there. And it was like doing that for a month. That okay, was hard. fine. Doing yeah. that month on month on month through the winter, through the darkness, like. Commuting that through, early through not out Through I didn't sleep well last night. Like. Right. It sucked. And that's what burnt me out of that job eventually was literally my commute and how early we started because I am a morning person, but not a 4.30 a.m. morning no. person. And my cortisol was so high throughout the entire day that even though the work was technically easier than working at the bedside and working at med surge, like the stress was different, right. but it was still stress. Right. You know what I mean? Um, the particular office I worked for uh had an interesting management strategy i will say and um let's just say people were hired and left very quickly like that was yeah, the, like that turnover, was yeah. yeah there was a very high turnover rate and i would say if you're a new grad or you're looking you're interviewing for jobs definitely ask about the turn the retention rate of their staff because that matters and that speaks volumes about yeah. the place that you're interviewing at Give and like an how well they treat their staff yeah yeah so in essence the anesthesiologists and the doctors at this practice really didn't even take the time to learn the nurses names because the turnover was so yeah, high in and out. so that is what i'm going to say about that okay. um respectfully yeah um i had a great experience it, it allowed me to take a breath away from the emotional stress of med surge but it was still a very rapid paced environment where i was standing pretty much all day long for 10 hours and you're doing a lot of talking because you're asking patients questions about their health history. Um, I learned really great IV skills there because uh, you're starting the IVs, uh, and that right. that you know varies from place to place. Sometimes the anesthesiologist place IVs. It depends on the policy. And then I also did PACU there, so you're just recovering patients from moderate sedation uh, and sending them home and giving them a snack and making sure they're safe for discharge and they understand their discharge instructions. So it was a very, you know, we'd get patients coming out on the stretcher sedated and then like walking out 30 minutes later. Right. So it was a very fast turnover pack you like it was very quick. Um, 
So that was that schedule of four tens. And it still felt like a very long day because if you figured in my commute, I was still gone for 12 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially having a long commute like that at the end of the day, God forbid there's like any train delays or anything like that in New York City. Um, but it just still felt like I was still so tired by the end of the day. Like yeah. I still, I had no energy to like work out, even though I wasn't working a full 12 hour shift. Like it was just felt so long. And even on your days off, it was, you were just like recovering. So yeah. I feel like working a four day didn't have as much benefit as people would think, where it's like, oh, I get a, you know, three day weekend every week. But yeah. a lot of that was just like, man, I'm, yeah. this week was so exhausting. I'm just going to recover. And I would like to say in an environment like that, you're still, you know, vulnerable to things like short staffing. And I feel like in every single nursing job that I've had, and I've only had three, like I'm not, you know, I've, it's not like a, a 10 or 20 years of experience, but I've had three very different jobs in nursing and every single one of them, there has been days where I have not taken a meal break. So I just like to say that like nursing in itself, you are the first person to get the shit end of the stick. Yeah. Like you are the first person to not take your break or to not sit down all shift. Right. Like it is just how the world works and treats nurses and the responsibilities that we have as practitioners. Like you're just the first person to kind of get taken advantage of in the system. So that kind of sucks. Um, but I will say when I worked in outpatient endoscopy, I for sure had way more consistency in terms of meal breaks than when I worked inpatient. Inpatient was like, you never know, depending on what the day goes like. But at least it was more routine. Like I, I definitely felt like, okay, uh, for the most part, 90% of the time I was going to get a meal break that day for, you know, at least 30 minutes or whatever. Usually it was 30 minutes for right. us. Um, so the four tens, I liked it and I didn't like it, you know, because I liked having that extra day off compared to working five days a week. Right. But the hours and my commute kind of killed it for me. Yeah. And I think if I started later, like maybe if we started at 8 a.m. Any, yeah, I feel like any amount later. Yeah, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. And then it, when I worked in PACU, we, you would get there. You started at 7 a.m., which wasn't much better. It was a, it was a little better than right. 6. But, you know, it was just way too early. And yeah. the days were just too long. Only, we were only just like Navy SEALs like, want to be up that early. You and know? surgeons, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So now I work outpatient um, IV infusion. Right. Uh, there's a lot of different types of IV infusion. I do integrative medicine. So we do nutritional IVs. We do things like ozone therapy, high-dose vitamin C. Uh, we do a lot of like anti-aging health optimization treatments for like immune support, detoxification, um environmental medicine treatments uh but then you can also do iv infusion that's like hematology based or oncology cancer cancer chemo infusions uh so now i work five days a week and i work like eight hour shifts and my life is much more balanced so my mental health is much better working the five days a week yeah i think and also friday is a short day so i work from 8 30 to 2 30 or 3 p.m on friday right. and then the other dates of the week are 8 30 to 4 30 slash 5 p.m okay so anything you miss about working the other kinds of shifts three day four day versus yeah. what you do now well it's i mean i like 
the weekend just feels short. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Saturday and Sunday. You work and then you get two days off and, and then it's you like, all right, we're back working to work again. on Monday. Yeah. It's like in high, it's when you go like go to grade school and you're like, right. you get two days off. It's, it's how it feels. Although I really like being off when everyone else is off. Yeah. And that's like, nice. you know, Saturday and Sunday and stuff. It, I had so much FOMO when I worked in the bedside. Yeah. Um, and then I like working out every day. Not every day, but at least like four four days a week. Yeah. And when I worked the four ten hour shifts, I was pretty tired by the end of the day. So I really like those workouts were so like half assed. Like, right. You didn't. They have were suboptimal. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um. But I wouldn't want to discourage someone from working a four ten schedule if it's you know something that they can have the energy for. Well, yeah. I and think... the hours work for them, and maybe you're not standing as much, and you're not right. as tired, and the environment's not as stressful, and you have a great work environment and right. that your coworker is nice and like you know it just totally depends on what the situation is yeah i think it's just good to remember that <clears throat> whenever we talk about these sorts of things you know this is our perspective this is our experience people are going to have different experiences um i like to think of it as you know if you agree with our opinion then you can feel supported if you disagree with our opinion, that's fine because it's our opinion and you have yours that's great yeah. you know, we're not trying to change your mind and if you're on the fence you should listen to a lot of different people and get a lot of different perspectives, yeah. and this is ours. Um, so I quickly want to go through the different specialties in outpatient and inpatient nursing, so I'm yeah. literally just going to list these off. Um, I think I want to categorize them into four different umbrellas. You have outpatient nursing, you have inpatient nursing, you have remote nursing, which is literally working from home as a nurse, which has recently become really popular. I see... Um, people post about it all the time on TikTok, and then travel nursing. So um, outpatient nursing, you have endoscopy, surgical centers or ambulatory surgery, doctor's offices, IV infusion or hydration, uh, concierge medicine, and fertility centers. Those are just the ones that I could think of, of, of off the top of my head. And then in inpatient, you have rehab, med surge, step down, critical care, OR, surgery, GI, pre-op and PACU, cardiac, tele, cath lab, peds, psych, and labor and delivery. And then travel specialties, like travel nursing is basically like inpatient nursing. And then I think there is actually um, endoscopy travel nurses. Uh, and that's something that I considered, but I just didn't have enough experience. I think they want you to have like a solid two years of experience doing right. something like endoscopy to do travel nursing. So those are the different specialties. And for remote nursing, uh, I found a few clinical documentation specialists, prior authorization nurse, and telehealth nurse. My problem with remote nursing is that I just wouldn't want to like be doing those types of things all day. Yeah. Like I like nursing because I like connecting with the patients and right. taking care of them. I wouldn't want to be like pushing around paperwork and right. like, but I get how that would be so nice for someone who has like responsibilities at home and That's they want to be home. Say. Like that would be someone's dream job. Like I could yeah. see that. I could see being super burnt out from the bedside and just literally not wanting to interact with patients for a while and doing right. like a prior authorization nurse where you just like talk to insurance companies and doctors about like their medications and stuff right. like that. And or, I, th I yeah. think the same goes for, you know, like a field like radiology where it's really easy to do it remotely um, 
for me being young and new, I would miss the experience of interacting with other physicians and being able to talk and have a conversation. But it really benefits people that, like you said, have responsibilities at home. They need to live in a certain area, but they want to work somewhere else. So I think it's a very specific group of people that benefit from it, but the people that do really benefit from it. So yeah, I would just like to circle back to the whole, um, do you need experience to work outpatient? Do you yeah. need bedside experience to work outpatient as a nurse? And I would say when you're applying for jobs or looking at jobs on LinkedIn or Indeed, in their, in the job listing, it should say, you know, it should say what their criteria is for who they're hiring and right. how much experience they want them to have and if they're open to new grads applying. I would say always apply. Like you never know, like, how harsh they are on those criteria and that criteria and if if they see your resume and you're a new grad like and they don't you know interview you you know that's fine right but like at least don't don't hold your back self back from putting yourself out there because right. it says something on a certain listing and then like there's a lot of nurses i'm gonna use aesthetic nursing for an example like there's nurses that want to go to nursing school literally just to do aesthetic nursing which is like filler and botox and aesthetic procedures and it's like do they need to have critical care experience to yeah. put in to be an amazing aesthetic injector nurse no they don't yeah so why are you telling people and i'm just talking about people snarky bitter nurses who want everyone to feel the hell of working at the bedside yeah that they have to do that i suffered so so should you, you yeah know. like yeah. for the sake of having experience and it's like that's great if you want to do that right but if you don't care get, about that yeah. get the experience then it's that fine. benefits the field like you're doing. when i worked in endoscopy i had a benefit working in med surge for little things like when it came to problem solving like with taking the patient's vitals and oh the blood pressure is wonky let's try the other arm don't move like let me you know reposition and oh this is wrong and then like the um, medication names. Like I knew when they told me the medication names, I already knew what they were for. So I didn't need to ask the patient if they had hypertension when they were, you know, taking amlodipine. Like I already knew. Right. Um, you know, obviously it would confirm that with them. That's why they're taking it. But like I just already knew the medications from working in med surge. Like I just knew what type of questions to ask about surgical history based on their their medical problems. Like that type of thing helped me. But could you not do it if you were a new grad? No. I think that you could, and you could still do a successful job. Right. Um, so that's my two cents on that. Yeah. So from my perspective, as you know, someone who's been with you through all of these different jobs. Oh boy, let's I, hear it. I, I personally think you thrive best at, just out of the three experiences that you've had and what you're doing now, which yeah. I think we both knew. I think this is what you're passionate about. My commute I think the is better. Scheduling too, is better. The commute that. is better. It's 20 minutes. Um, you know, when you were working three 12 hours, I mean, A, a 12 hour is really rough. If anyone's been in healthcare, working yeah. 12 hours in a row is really rough. And yeah. you were working nights, which yeah. is just double rough. And if you're someone out there who does that and does it successfully, I am in awe of you. Like, you're superhuman to me because I, I, I don't do well on nights. Um, I think that when you were working, you know, your four days a week, 10 hours, yeah, you had the benefit of the extra day, but you were so tired. And also know? I didn't see you in the morning because you didn't no, wake you up were that gone. early. 
Well, no one does. Yeah. It was just too, like, because I, I would would have loved to wake up that early, but it's so early. Yeah. To me, and to I wake need, up, like, it just wouldn't. And I need, like, a full, I'm a morning person to a T. Like, I'm up before my alarm, but I need, like, a full morning to, like, get myself together and my yeah. headspace together to give my best to patients. When I'm, like, quick, like, rushing to brush my teeth and, like, s- like chug down, like, a smoothie or something and, like, rush out the door. Yeah. I feel like crap and I don't I don't have my best to give to patients like I need to wake up I need to do my skincare yeah. I need to do my makeup do my hair like you know what I mean like I need to feel like a human before going out there and giving myself to others and but, I, I feel like when you're up that early you end up going to sleep very early and then it feels like your days blend into each other yeah it's like I mean I wake up yeah. I work I go to bed I wake up I work like the there's thing, no in between the thing I didn't like the most about the, working at the bedside working the 12-hour shifts was that you literally did not interact with the outside world when you were right. working you're so busy all day long that you literally are there from the crack of dawn to night and then you go home and like ch- like eat some food and shower and go and to bed, immediately go bed and immediately go to bed because you're so tired and then you have to wake up and do it the exact same thing the next day right and say you had a t- a hard patient or like a hard um just like a hard assignment for three days in a row like those three days would be like absolute hell because you were there literally all day long right. with those people and it was nice working outpatient because you see the person for 20 minutes and then you never have to see them again. Right. <laughs> if right. they're a hard person. Um, where I work now, we our patients come back, but for the most part, like they I love them all and you know, it's not the same difficulty. And then the environment that you're working in, like I can't say enough about having a supportive management team. Um and administrators like that can make or break your job yeah because for sure it doesn't matter how much some place pays you like there's a saying in nursing that goes you can either pay me pay me what is it you can either pay me poorly or treat me or treat me poorly but you can't do both mm. and that is so true yeah so you got if they're paying you poor you can either you can treat me poorly if you're gonna pay for it. Right. But you can't you can't pay me poorly and treat me poorly. Right. There's gotta be something that and, gives. And that has nothing to do with like, oh, just I'm just here to make money. That has to do with just like respecting people as yeah. as human beings. And no, like that's you know, nurses like why do you think travel nurses make that money? It's because they're dealing with awful they are able to profit off of the management the poor management of these facilities because they can't retain staff right and they are doing really hard work when they're going in i've never been a travel nurse so i can't speak to that but uh, you know (laughs) it concerns me as a travel nurse to to go to places with desperate need because you're going there for a reason you know what i mean right like they are in desperate need of staffing for a reason right so that always you know rung in the back of my mind right but um and and I want to I want to implore people after you know we've had this full discussion here, do what you're passionate about and don't don't ever let someone look down on a field you've decided on because they perceive it as unskilled or oh it's not difficult or you need to be doing X Y and Z. 
do what you're passionate yeah. about. I, as someone in, you know, applying to radiology, people look down on radiology. They do. Yeah. I've had people look down on it to, to my face. People do that to people interested in ophthalmology. Oh, that's not real medicine. It's just your eyes. It's so easy. They say that about dermatology. Don't listen to them. And I say like, it gets really easy as a nurse to over identify with the specialty that you work in. Yeah. Um, and I would just like try, if you hear our dog squeaking in the background, I apologize. Try your hardest not to do that because, you know, then at that point, it just becomes a matter of ego. Right. And a lot of people have a fear of losing the bedside because their ego is so attached to their role as a CVICU nurse right. or an OR nurse. And like, oh, if I don't have, you know, if I'm not a, a critical care nurse, then, you know, like I don't have all these skills and I'm not able to be proud about what I do or I won't feel like a real nurse. Right. Uh, and I just said, like, I just think that that is completely based in the ego. And I would just try your best to not over identify with your career yeah. role yeah. and people ask me all the time like oh weren't you scared that are you scared that you're going to lose your skills when you leave the bedside and you know to some extent like yeah do, am i able to do the same things that easily or from like muscle memory as i did when i worked at the bedside like right. i don't know like putting a foley or whatever i guess not but i developed so many new skills yeah and right. like I'm really naturally good at talking to patients and making them feel comfortable and using my empathic abilities to kind of like read their emotions and see where they're at. Right. And I'm very intuitive. Like I can, I can, I connect the dots with patients care a lot and be like, oh, you have this problem, then you should check out this and this. And maybe you should talk about this to your doctor or whatever. Uh, and that's the type of patient care that I'm personally supposed to be doing. And right. I have found my flow in that. And I can tell that I make patients so happy when I sit there and I really connect with them and I take the opportunity to like intuitively figure out what's going on with them. Right. And um, I know that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like, it's all about figuring out what lights you up and what yeah. fulfills you and not what fulfills your your ego. Right. And you have to be like so passionate about what you do to keep it going. And right. that's going to help you break through different schedules, different benefits. It's going to help keep you where you want to be. Right. And and whatever field you go into, there's a reason that that field exists. There's a reason that patients come to you to look for your expertise. You know, like you have skills that other people don't have. And that's yeah. great. And that's a whole other topic about as a nurse developing skills that help you niche out because that is how you're going to be able to make good money um, by not working necessarily as quote unquote hard right. um, if you have niche skills. Right. So it's like if you're a psych nurse in New York City, there are so many opportunities here to even work for the city because we have a huge mental health crisis in this city that you can capitalize on that right. and have better hours and still keep your pay the same because you have a very niche skill of having psych nursing experience. Right. Um, for me, being having IV skills, now with you know IV hydration and concierge medicine booming in this city, I have a lot of different career opportunities and I can leverage my skills for higher, you know, income opportunities because that's kind of a niche skill to have. Not every nurse walking around is really good at IVs. Right. Um, and if you're in a doctor's office and you're doing IV infusions, like you want to make sure that you have really great IV nurses because that's going to keep those patients coming back to you. Right. <laughs> 
Um, this is a huge skill. So that's why I'm actually, let me plug for a second my IV guide, which I'm going to be releasing soon, shortly. It's going to be an IV guide, very beginner-friendly and evidence-based. It's already 20 pages long. It's a wealth of information for new nurses. Um, I created this so that you guys could develop your skills and feel confident in your IV skills, and maybe it could even lead to new career opportunities for people. So plugging that, it's not released yet, but you all on the podcast will be the first to know, I promise. So stay tuned on my Instagram for that release date. It's going to be coming in the next few weeks. I'm almost Lastly, I want to talk about how to know if going outpatient is best for you. I got so many DMs on Instagram of nurses. A lot of them are new grad nurses that are really miserable at the bedside. And they ask me like, oh, how do I know if I'll like it? You know, what do I do? Um, And my best advice would be to make a pros and cons list of working in the bedside and the benefits that you would have working at whatever other job that you're interested in doing. And I want you to, whenever you have a benefit, I want you to make a line and connect it to a sacrifice that you have to make in order to achieve that benefit. So an example, if you want to be working in critical care and a um, benefit is new knowledge and new skills, I want you to draw a line to a, you know, a sacrifice. And basically the sacrifice would be um, stressful learning curve or, or, or a sharp learning curve um or like a tough orientation and then i want you to go through that list of all the pros and cons for the different you know the job that you have currently in the job that you're looking at and i want you to circle the ones that are the highest priority to you and the most circles that you'll have will tell you it'll be very clear when you do it that way as to what you're willing to sacrifice to achieve the certain benefits that that role has um so that's my piece of advice is to is to do something like that some sort of soul searching soul searching and then i also always recommend when you're interviewing at a at a new job ask if you can shadow there's no harm in shadowing a day that is going to now that i've worked in various places i would never accept a new job without shadowing their nurse for a day because the interview can be great but what is it actually like working there day after day because the interview is not going to tell you what it's like to work there, to actually do the things and interact with the coworkers every day. So I highly recommend you ask for an opportunity to shadow. I feel like they shouldn't say no. My my job that I currently have, they they offered, they you know they wanted me to shadow before even offering me the job. Like that was a requirement, and I really respect them for that. I think it's a great idea. I did not shadow when I started my endoscopy job. I was just a new grad leaving the bedside desperate for a new job, and I regret that. I might have not taken that job if I would have shadowed. So those are my two recommendations. And I think we will make another podcast episode next weekend about pay. Because that comes up a lot. Pay versus inpatient versus outpatient nursing. Let's also talk about how to increase your pay and how to leverage your skills to increase your income as a nurse. And then the week after that is match day. Match day. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that after oh, it happens. Oh, wait, I have a random question real quick. Somebody asked me on Instagram just now. He says, um, if Quinn's residency will be in a different state, are you worried about finding a new job you'll like? Um, personally, no, because the area that we want to work in, I want to continue working in integrative medicine or do concierge medicine. And I've looked in that area 
And there are a ton of different facilities that do those two different things. So I'm not concerned. You know, I'm sad to be leaving my place of work now since I love my coworkers. I love my boss. Um, I love my patients. I have like a genuine friendship connection with my patients. So that's going to be very challenging, but I'm not worried about getting a new job. I feel like I have the experience, you know, I've been a nurse for three years now. I have a little bit of weight under my belt. Um, and I'm very proud of what I've done. I'm very proud of the nurse that I've become and, you know, what I've accomplished and, and, um, the skills that I have. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel insecure about it and I'm excited. I'm excited to explore all the different opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Time to feed our dog. That's it. Happy Sunday, guys. I guess it'll be Monday when you're listening to this. So right. I hope you have a kick butt week. Nice. And I hope you advocate for yourself and do something nice for yourself today. All yep. right. That's I it. I love it. All right. Bye, everybody. Do, 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 I don't do, have an ending joke. Do, so. do. You don't have an ending joke? No. Hmm. There's just one joke. What did the apple say to the banana? Oh, uh, I, I think the the ending song's playing, so I guess we're, we're gonna have to okay. we're gonna have to go. Okay, bye. <laughs>